You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It's hour number two, and it's hour number two of four here today on 95.7 The Game as uh, we're getting you ready for the playoffs. The playoffs are here. Hooray, hooray. Uh, the Warriors and the Nuggets tonight right here on 95.7 The Game. 5.30 tip-off. we got a full day of coverage, Whitey. We're with you until 1. And then uh, coming up, Devon and Shamari from 1 to 4. I'm going to be back at 4 with Devon sticking around for Warriors Live. And then Tim and Tom on the call. Game 1, round 1, Warriors and the Nuggets. And the first playoff game for the Warriors since June the 13th of 2019. Game 6 of the NBA Finals when they lost to the Raptors. I'm going to go dark here for just a minute, J.D. Forgive me. I think it's important that we you know, acknowledge our fears and then it makes them easier to deal with. As we were talking about 2016 and the Warriors and would you give up, you know, the two championships to have won that year. One of the things I recall, as we all do about that 2016 year, is Steph kind of hobbling through the postseason. And that's one of my worries is that Steph won't be 100 percent, you know, this year. Hopefully he will be. And I know the all the indications are positive. But if Steph is, for whatever reason, if he's not close to Steph, going through this postseason, it's going to be really hard for the Warriors to get where they want to go to. There's no reason to assume that's going to be the case, but as we talk about 2016, that's one of, uh, I think, not only my concerns, but more importantly, one of the Warriors' concerns here in this series and hopefully beyond. No, that's a, that's something that I've thought of a lot, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. I've, I've got an answer for you. I, I want to get Manuel in Dublin in, though, because he waited yeah. patiently through the break, and then we'll continue the conversation. 888-957-9570. Manuel in Dublin, you're up here on 95.7 The Game. Good morning, guys. Great show as always. Um, I guess I would take 16 and trade it. Um, you know, you think about the, just, all the, just that game. You could write a documentary on – the backward pass, the uh, Andre Iguodala dunk, the dagger by Kyrie. It just, it'll live with me for, I, I guess, until the grave, man. I mean, you could talk about 73 and 9. They could have actually been 74 and 8. I think they lost to the to the Bucks in overtime when they broke that 20 something game streak. Um, it, it, it just, it eats in my craw, man. I guess three's better than two, but that, that would have been, that would have shut up LeBron. It would have, Made, uh, even though I'm an MJ fan, it would have been MJ, but it, um, been a little more quiet because you know what the what the Bulls are saying after all that stuff. So I think to me that would have put it put it in a, a conversation would always been the Warriors and one of the greatest teams ever coming from you know almost from that from that uh, thing. My prediction is I got a I got the Warriors in six. My X factor is going to be I'm going to go out and I'm going to call three way wigs or two way wigs. I think Wiggs wakes up somehow and 
I know it's a long stretch. It's a probably 80 to 1 odds, and he's going to be the my X factor. But I'm going to go with Wiggs just to, to wake everybody up there in the, the Bay Area audience. They're probably shaking their heads, saying I'm crazy. I hope Curry's 100. Um, percent And I and I just don't know if there's any way they can get a title with how big the East is. Those guys are all big boys over there, man. So if we do, it's going to be a, a remarkable story somehow. We able to get a chip, man. Larry O'Brien, that'd be incredible. Uh, thanks, Manuel. Great call. A lot of, lot of good things to, to chomp on there, Whitey, coming off of Emmanuel's call. I continue, and we'll just kind of run through them back and forth. I continue to be amazed at the percentage of Warrior fans that would that would trade 17 and 18 to win it in 16. It, 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 if we're just having a sheer vote here on the station, it's been more trade the two for the one. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I want the two rather than the one, but the more we talk about it, the more I understand where people are coming from. And Manuel uh, introduced a really interesting element to that is, well, you know, if you don't lose in 2016, LeBron doesn't have that whole coming back from 3-1, and, you know, and that helps Michael Jordan. So I, the more we talk about it, yeah, I understand it, but I still um, I don't agree with it. There's also this as far as that conversation goes. We don't – okay, we're assuming they don't win in 27 and 18, right? If you win in 16, and in 16, the way they lost, it hurt. Well, we don't know what would have happened. If they don't win in 2017 or 2018, what happens, right? Is, I mean, there would have been pain associated with that, presumably, if you lose. So we just don't know what that was. So winning championships definitely better than that. That unknown. As far as Manuel's X factor, I hope he's right. I like Wiggins, but I think JD, I think there's a very good chance that Manuel's X factor ends up being a bench factor. I don't know how much uh, Wiggins is going to play here given uh, Jordan Poole's emergence. Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting because we're talking about who's going to start and, you know, Steph comes back. I, I think we both agree Looney, Looney starts on, on Jokic. And, and to me, it's more the the and, and maybe Steve Kerr changes it and puts Poole into the starting lineup at some point in the series. We've seen him do that in the past. If if there's issues as far as maybe you want to go smaller, speed the game up, whatever. It's it's something that Steve Kerr historically would keep in a, in his back pocket uh, to go away from the traditional center and and start whether it was the death lineup or the Hamptons five. I don't, I don't know what the the three guard lineup if there's a nickname uh, with Steph and Clay and Poole becomes, but. I still tend to think, and it sounds like maybe you disagree, but I still tend to think that that if Steph and Poole and Clay are playing together, that Wiggins and Draymond are going to be the other two on the court. Like I think Wiggins is still going to play with that group. Okay, yeah, and I, I overstated it. I didn't mean to say he's not going to play. I just think there is a chance that he's either not going to be closing as much as he has or that he's not going to be starting. Again, I would not do that as far as not starting Wiggins because I think then you in, in, you open up a whole other potentially uh, set of issues with, well, can he come off the bench if he's not starting? How's he going to handle that? But it is something to keep an eye on. That's interesting. So your lineup there, Draymond, Wiggins, Clay. Pool and Curry, and then Clay's big enough to play in the front court, right? So I see where you're going. Yeah, I think the the finishing lineup. If if the Warriors are saying, "Hey, who's our best five finishing lineup?" I think the plan for the finishing lineup, assuming Pool's playing well, and you want to have the three guard lineup out there, it's it's Steph, Pool, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. Like that's the to me that's the small ball lineup that that would be in the cards to finish games. Uh, for the Warriors now could you see a game here or there maybe where where you want to have Iguodala out there instead of Wiggins possibly uh, but I'm not sure that I, I, I and that may happen here and there once in a while but I, I still think they're going to be playing Iguodala 
enough at other points in the game to where maybe they don't want to ride him out with that extra five, six-minute stretch at the end of the game, right? Because he's going to be coming in in the middle you know, middle of the first quarter, middle of the third quarter, and, and he's going to be out there for you know maybe a, a, a nine or a ten-minute stretch at that point, and that's about 20 minutes right there with a good run in each half. Are you going to sub him and bring him back because you feel like you need him to close? I think that would be contingent on – on Wiggins not playing well, he would have to not be playing well, really not be playing well on on, on a night, and Iguodala would really have to be playing well because I, I think that does give two non-scorers, yes, playmakers, Draymond and Iguodala, but two non-scorers that teams could, could help off of. Wiggins, for all of his, his perceived faults, especially in the final third of the season, he still is a much bigger threat offensively than... Iguodala is at this point no, no question but I think um, that speaks to the importance and we all know the importance we've talked about a lot on this show uh, of the Warriors shooting the ball well because Denver does have a little bit of size and again we know that Denver other than Jokic they don't have a lot of guys that really worry you but they have some solid pros you know Gordon 6'8 and Jeff Green 6'8 so it, it, it you know, if you start going really small, you're just going to have to obviously be able to shoot the ball well. As far as Manuel's prediction, I'm with him, um, and I know this is no you know, breaking news or anything, but I've been saying for weeks as we looked at this potential matchup, uh, Warriors in six, and I'm sticking with that to the point you raised earlier. If you could take care of business in five, man, that would go a long ways towards setting you up to advance even further into the postseason, given all the aging players you have and how much they could use the additional rest that would bring you. Yeah, and, and this you know, relates back to something else that Manuel had to say, and you were touching on this before we, we took his call, about you know concerns over, over Steph Curry. As, as far as the, the point, though, about and, and whether he's 100% and can he make it through you know, four rounds of the playoffs, like that's the biggest concern for me for the Warriors is, is more can they, win, can they win three rounds, can they win four rounds. I think they can win this round, and I think they can even figure it out on the fly in, in this round and, and – beat the Nuggets uh quickly though on on the five versus six in terms of can you end it in five versus six the the one thing and I, sh- I shared this last night when I was filling it on the on the night show the war the this the series is spaced out very well for the Warriors right game one and two uh, they've had the whole week off game one tonight game two Monday you get the one day in between and then you have two days before game three you have two days before game four you have two days before game five uh, if 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 it plays out and it goes five, so the Warriors are going to be very well rested uh, and and prepared uh, for for each of these games in this series as it goes. But then if you get to six and seven, Whitey, then it starts to shorten up, right? You've got game five at Chase, then you go right back with one day to Denver because you start the back and forth portion of the series as well in terms of the site. So if you can't win it in five, you got to go back to Denver and then play. And then if it if it wound up going seven, you're probably playing a Sunday afternoon game, you know, less than 48 hours before, uh, you know, since game six, and you're flying back, you know, from from Denver. Uh, so I think that's a, a part of this as well, where the longer this series goes, if it gets to a six and a seven, you do run the risk of being run more ragged by it. And the other thing, Whitey, not to get lost in the weeds. The way the NBA does the schedule and, and the, the, the Grizzlies-Timberwolves series, which is going to start today, that's on that same track as the Warriors series because they would be second-round opponents, the winners of those two series. That series, 
is in a in a ABC block for for Sunday if it goes to Game Seven. But the other part of that is they have to fill that slot with a game, and we've seen this in the past. So if you play Game Game Six in Denver on that Friday night, two weeks from last night, and you and you win it, you're probably playing at noon or at two thirty on Sunday in Memphis for a new series, and the Grizzlies may be looking at. We'll see what happens in their series, but they could be looking at four or five days off, and the Warriors playing less than 48 hours later after their game six. So there, there is some incentive in addition to the overall attrition to getting it over in five specifically versus six. Yeah, those are great points. Um, yeah, because you go game five, six, seven. If it goes to that, would be Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So we'll just have to see how Steph's doing. Um, and all the signs are positive, but you know, there's a chance that, you know, if you've ever played with anything on the top of your foot playing basketball, as much as he moves, you know, everyone's worried about his shooting. And I know coach Kerr said, I'm worried about his timing, um, which is understandable, but you know, as much as he moves without the ball, hopefully he'll be fine. But if he's uh, compromised at all, that is going to be an issue for this club moving forward. Eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. Sounds like Curry's not 100%. Whitey. I mean, that's the that's been one of the key takeaways for me is it sounds like he's going to play. It sounds like everything's gone well. He's made it through the the scrimmage and but it sounds like, you know, Steph himself was talking about, you know, a little little bit of pain, but it's not a not a big deal. You know, Steve Kerr talking about minutes restriction and what you know, at one point he said it's not going to be uh, 30 or 35 minutes. And I think he said it's not going to be 38. I think he, that was the next answer. I think Thursday said it's not going to be 30 to 35, which kind of made me wonder, well, it's, is it going to be 25? Like you would have thought it would have been around 30. I think they're still trying to sort that out. But I think the one thing we know is Steph, he, he's healthy enough to play and he's been cleared, but he's not 100% going into this thing. And you, usually in a playoff series, you don't go from – 85% up, right? Whatever your whatever your starting point is, typically it goes down with the wear and tear of a of a of a playoff series. Exactly. That was the point I was going to make. I agree with you completely. So we should get a really good indication tonight where is he cuz yeah, it's not going to be uh, you know, game 3 Thursday is not going to be it's markedly improved uh than he was game 1. So fingers crossed. Uh, you know, there's a little rope-a-dope going on too, right? I mean, Steve Kerr and the, and the Warriors, they want to keep the Nuggets guessing as they're keeping the rest of us guessing. I'm with you, though. If you really try to read between the lines and you really look hard at what evidence we actually do have, which is based on you know what the team has said about his practices and what Steph is saying, it does sound like he's really not close to 100%. What that's going to be, I don't know, but I'm anxious to see uh, tonight. I think the Warriors, and I know you would agree, even though they lost three or four, they're very confident about their chances against this Denver team because they played some really close games. And as we've said, you said it, they played all those regular season games against Denver without Draymond. So I know the Warriors are really confident, but it's really important for them to wrap this thing up as quickly as possible to the points you just raised. 888-957-9570. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open as well. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the Draymond and, and Steph conversation, would you trade the, 
the the 17 and 18 championships for the Warriors to complete the 73 and 9 year, the 2016 year with the title. Uh, who's your X factor in this series? And if you want to weigh in with your predictions for this series, Whitey, it sounds like we're aligned. And, and the, the chalk pick feels like Warriors in six. I, I thought there'd be a few more Warriors in fives than uh, than we've heard, really. I know it sounds like you're six. I, I'm at six. Uh, Alan Stiles was at six. Uh, we had Kareth Burke on last night. She was at six uh, for, for the Warriors. Uh, how do you see this shaking out? I, I, I sort of feel... As far as Warriors in six, there's going to be a game early in the series where the Warriors just aren't quite in sync, and maybe Denver is able to win a game based on that, and then there's another game that Denver just would have won anyway, and that winds up leading toward this path of of the Warriors needing to, to get to a six game. I think five's on the table, but it's going to be contingent on the Warriors coming out and, and just being ready to roll tonight and Monday specifically. You win tonight and Monday, now now five is really very much on the table because you can go to Denver and split and then come back and end it. That's always the, the pathway that the favorite is looking to go in a, in a playoff series. My X factor is Otto Porter Jr., but I have an X factor for Denver, J.D. I just want to express this again. I have this irrational fear about this this series, looking at uh, the Nuggets. Because I think DeMarcus, I think DeMarcus is going to have a really hard time in this series. He looked kind of tired to me towards the end of the year. All things considered, he's done a nice job this year of starting to reestablish himself as you know a backup and an NBA player. I think he's going to have a real hard time defending the pick and roll. Um, but <laughs> there's a guy on the Nuggets, and he only plays 17 minutes a game. But you know the way the Nuggets against the Warriors, they have these guys like, wait, who is that? He made another three. They got a backup center who's shooting 46% from the three-point line. Zeke Naji, and I just have this weird fear that the Warriors are going to force DeMarcus on the floor, and Zeke Naji, and he's hit another three. And I know it doesn't make any sense, but I have this weird Zeke Najiophobia uh, as we get ready for the Warriors and the Nuggets game one tonight. I could see DeMarcus Cousins being unplayable in this series quickly, and uh-huh. and I think you know Michael Malone will give him a shot. I also think Jokic is probably going to play 42 minutes. So the non the non Jokic minutes, which is going to be a huge thing for Denver, I think the non Jokic minutes are going to be about about two and a half or three in each half. It may and it may be it may be four in the first half and about two in the second half as far as is because they're they're going to need him to play heavy duty minutes. Yeah, Whitey. Yeah, they he reminds me. I haven't seen a, a player, any player, and we've seen Steph do this, but I haven't seen a player really just carry a team the way. Uh, Jokic is doing this year since I mean it reminds me this is going back Kareem played on some Bucks teams that were kind of like who are those guys and like they got to the finals one year and I don't think this team's going to the finals nor do I think Jokic is Kareem and here come the text now I can't believe what he said Jokic is better than Kareem which I didn't say but it's a similar dynamic they just rely on him so much and he does there's so many things he does so well Right. I mean, you're the first guy with 2000 points, 1000 rebounds and 500 assists. The key, as we said earlier, is going to be when the Warriors do force Jokic to pass out of the block when he's going to the shooters on the wing. Are they going to be able to make those shots or not? I think the Warriors feel really good about the chances that those guys are not going to be able to make those shots consistently enough for Denver to win this series. Let's get dirty. Dirty's up next here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Dirty? Dirty. 
John, Whitey, what up? Hey. So what up, Dirty? Check this out. Uh, check it out, man. Um, Jokic is just—he's just a crazy figure. Um, the way his stats look on paper are just—I mean—pop out your eyeballs. And then the size. But I feel so bad for him. He doesn't have enough help for this series. Now, Denver has. Uh, created like a small time rivalry with us, like a little mini rivalry um, based on, you know, the history of the players and the guys that have played for Denver. And, the you know, like you guys had mentioned, I think earlier, uh, remember when we lost game one on that last minute layup and we thought the world was over? Um, that was a pretty good series right there. But uh, bringing Iguodala, all the stuff that's gone on in between, I just, I love Jokic, and I think he's a great player. I'm a, you know, I'm a big time Warrior fan, but uh, I, I'll give respect when it's due, of course. And Jokic is one of the best that I've ever seen play that position. He brought the big man back, but I feel real bad for him in this series um, because the Warriors have another notch as an organization, not just with the guys they have now, like Livingston, Barbosa, Spade. You know, we got new guys. We got new guys now, uh, young legs, and the experience is going to come during this series. Um, and I'm really confident. I feel really good about the way these guys are going to come out and strategically attack the Nuggets and get on their nerves. And if Jokic gets run 40-plus a game, oh, man, I mean, that's too much for him, especially in the playoffs when, when every play counts and every back, uh, basket counts. But uh, thanks for taking the call, guys. Hope you have a good day. Let's yeah. go Dub. Appreciate it, Dirty. Great phone call. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's – that's how I see this series. I think Jokic is going to do his thing. He's a incredible talent, incredible player, probably going to be a back-to-back MVP, and deservedly so. But as this thing goes on, I do see him getting worn down and, and the Warriors just having, just having more options. You go back to the, the last game they played. I mean, we saw that, didn't we? Didn't we see um Jokic really wear down the stretch I mean that was a winnable game for the Nuggets and he just flat out got worn out down the stretch against the Warriors JD he did and that was the one thing about that game that that was a fourth game in five nights for Denver and because of the way that the schedule uh laid out they had the extra game and if you remember the Warriors they had to play twice there in what four nights right they played on a on a Monday night and then a Thursday night in Denver with a home game in between. And if you look at the way that shook out, the Warriors were at the disadvantage for the first game because I believe it was the third game in in four nights, and then they had to play the next night as well against the Clippers. The Warriors didn't send anybody to Denver for that game, and it was also at the end of a a road trip, the, the fourth game at the end of a road trip. But then the Denver, the payback was that Denver had to play a fourth game in five nights, uh, after traveling from Sacramento. They had played in Sacramento the night before, and the Kings had actually given them kind of a run at the end of that game, made Denver have to almost win it. They had a big lead. They had to kind of win it again down the stretch, and and they did, but then they had to fly home from, from California, and then they definitely ran out of gas in the second half. Warriors were – it was 62-42 Warriors in the second half of that game, and 25-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter. And you're right, Jokic, Jokic did – wear down but that was a fourth and five nights to to be fair yeah in that game Jokic was only nine of 21 and he missed all eight of his threes and you could see him wearing down so whether that'll be uh, a factor in this series or not I mean if they're going to push his minutes it very well 
very well could be. And obviously, if you're Mike Malone, you're playing them as much as possible, right? I mean, 40 minutes, as you said, 42 minutes. That's kind of my starting point. I'm playing them at least 42 minutes a night in this series. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. A lot of different questions on the board. We'll get Coach and Vallejo coming back here. Uh, we'll get back to some text messages as well. Warriors and Nuggets, it's game one, round one, coming up here on 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, we're rolling along here. 888-957-9570. Uh, let, let's get Coach and Vallejo uh, right off the top here on 95.7 The Game. Appreciate you for hanging on. Coach, how you doing, my man? Coach. Hey, John Dickerson, Whitey. You guys, you know, you're my favorite, so I love calling in to you. And uh, you, I, I respect both of your, your, your knowledge, and I really respect your passion. However, i got to be a little different with you on this Jordan Poole thing. Uh, Jordan Poole, remember now, uh, He's only one, one end of the court, okay? He plays no defense, and the playoffs is all about defense. Now, what I think you're going to see, and, and I think you're also maligning um, Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins is the one warrior that helps you in rebounding, scoring, and defense, okay? So he's going to play a lot. I don't see Jordan taking Wiggins' minutes. And if you have Jordan, Clay, and Steph on the court at the same time, who's going to get a rebound? Who's going to play defense? And it's all about defense right now. Um, I was watching Patrick Beverly and Reggie Jackson play each other the other night. Man, it was a bloodbath out there. So all these little tic-tac fouls that Jordan Poole likes to get, they're not going to call it in in the playoffs. And I think you're going to see a big uptick of Gary Payton out there. You're going to see Gary Payton and Andre Iguodala take a lot of minutes that would normally go to Jordan Poole. What do you think? Appreciate the call, Coach. Whitey, I'm going to let you chime in uh, first on it. I don't see Poole taking Wiggins' minutes either for the most part, but, but I'll let you address it first. I understand Coach's point, and, you know, being from Vallejo 707, obviously the seat of all knowledge and wisdom, it's a very learned view, the importance of defense in the playoffs. But facts are facts, and here's the thing. Poole and Curry and Thompson together this year, 129 minutes, J.D., they are plus. 96 
That's what, and that takes into account everything. That takes into account defense and rebounding and everything else. And Coach is right. Jordan Poole defensively leaves a lot to be desired, and his teammates have let him know that. But so far this year, 129 minutes together, Poole, Curry, Curry and Thompson plus 96, and only 12 minutes against the Nuggets this season with those three on the floor. They outscored Denver 42-16. to 16. And, again, that takes into account all of that. So that's why we're saying if the Warriors have to be looking at this as, wow, those three on the floor together, that just works. We've seen that work. Different animal in the playoffs, but still you want to give that a chance to see how much mileage you get out of that. And if you do, then then something, maybe Wiggins, maybe something else, maybe not Wiggins, but something has to give. Yeah, and I, I think the big question is going to be in, in every game, Who's the fifth, right? I, I'm of the belief that Steph and Clay and and Draymond and Wiggins are on the floor to close every game. I, I think that's – will there be an exception here or there, possibly, uh, in terms of Wiggins? Uh, but I think he'd have to really be playing poorly and somebody else would really have to be playing well for somebody to, to take his spot and, and finish playoff games. The question is, who's the fifth? at that point and I think there are times where you know Jordan Poole is probably the most likely to be the fifth I think there are times where Iguodala uh, even could could be the fifth I think there are times where maybe Otto Porter uh, it winds up being the fifth although the Warriors would want to play uh, you know Draymond at center but those two I think you can you can play you know play together right I mean whoever's the whoever's the four the four whoever's the five doesn't matter Draymond would be the five in that scenario but but who is the fifth Gary Payton the second I think could be the fifth if the Warriors need a little bit of of added defense so that is one of the big questions I think we're sort of assuming right now that it's automatically going to be pool and those plus minus numbers and some of the things that Steve Kerr and the coaching staff have, have said about the way that that group has played together are, are are pretty it would lead you down that path but who the fifth is I think is a key question for the Warriors coming into this postseason and I think Steve Kerr has prepared us and more importantly prepared his team for exactly what you're talking about JD he's been telling the media and through the media perhaps telling his players that there's going to be a lot of different combinations. Uh, they're not going to get locked into anything necessarily, depending on the game situation, of course, the series situation, uh, the matchups. I do think that they're going to give that combination of Clay and Steph and Poole. They're going to see if they get that kind of traction. But if they don't, you know, if it's not clicking, it's not like they're going to be committed to it. And they are going to mix in Iguodala. It's just, you know, you've got so many gives and takes with this team. You don't have as many. Would you agree, J.D., that – when the Warriors were in their heyday, you had more guys that you knew that could give you something at both ends. And with this roster, it's more Iguodala. He's not the player he was. I know what I'm going to get defensively. Offensively, he's a good playmaker, but can he shoot? I don't know. Peyton, the same thing. Peyton, defensively great. An opportunistic offensive player, but i got to be careful about who I have him on the floor with. So there are more of those type of concerns than I think Steve Kerr typically has had when he's playing playoff games. Yeah, there's just a, there's just a lot of unknowns. I mean, there there's just a lot of unknowns as far as who's going to be a playoff performer and, and who's not. And I think the rotation has been, for the last couple of weeks, trending down the path of Steph and Clay and, and, and obviously Wiggins and Draymond and Looney. Those five are in it. Poole and Porter are in it. Peyton's in it. Iguodala's in it. And those are... Those are the nine that I think for sure are in it. I think Bielitsa is going to get an opportunity. I think those ten initially 
are going to get opportunities to be in the rotation. And Steve Kerr has penciled in how they want to try and finish the game, I think. But but who finishes the game is, is always going to be dictated by the game itself. And I think the Warriors, the Warriors have to use that to their advantage. The fact that they do have some similar level players to where maybe somebody's having an off night and you go in a different direction. There are a lot of options that the Warriors have based on the matchup. And, and Steve Kerr has said it, that it could be a different finishing player every night. It could be over the course of a series, different starting lineups. I mean, would it surprise you if Kevon Looney started tonight in in game one, but by game four, or game five, Jordan Poole's in the starting lineup in this series? That That wouldn't surprise me one bit if it played out. And let's put the rat on the table, the Canadian rat in this case, uh, as far as Wiggins goes. There, there it is with the you know the little uh, maple leaf and everything. One of those unknowns you talked about, JD, is which Wiggins do we see? I like Wiggins. If Wiggins continues to play the way he's played of late, then you really don't have to worry about. It. He's going to be on the floor. But are we going to see the first half of the season Wiggins, or are we going to see the guy that struggled so much coming out of the gate? Hasn't played a lot of playoff games. He does seem sensitive sometimes to things like that. If Wiggins comes out, plays well, and you know, coach is, is right. It's like, well, yeah, he's going to play. But we don't know, and the Warriors have to, based on what we've seen from Wiggins, the ups and downs, the way the free throw shooting just disappeared, the way he seemed to struggle when Clay came back. I mean, if he's struggling, you got to be prepared for that. Perfect world, he plays great, but you really can't count on that. That's one thing we know about him. You can't assume you're going to see uh, playoff Wiggins. No, you, you, you definitely can't, but he'll get a, an opportunity uh, 888-957-9570. A quickie on the 925, the Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, Whitey, having some fun here. Uh, after today's takes, the show is now John Dickinson and the other. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here, Whitey? Okay, is this is right. this going all the way back to the, the, the Jordan Poole Durant thing? What is yeah, going on I, here I, today? I... I, I <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope that's what it goes back to. But that's that's what we do. We're we're pulling no punches here, JD. We're letting it fly. And whether anyone likes yeah, it or and not. Different five one zero. And going back to the conversation that Steph and and Draymond had on Draymond Green's podcast, and the question posed by Draymond to Steph: Would you would you trade the seventeen and eighteen championships to complete the season uh, in sixteen? Uh, the five one zero. If a title could have been won in one of those two, would you choose a three-peat with KD in 19 if the uh, if the Warriors didn't get injured or 2016? So a little bit of a different a different uh, rub to that. Uh, would you take the three-peat over, or, or would you take 16 and, and maybe the potential for a three-peat in 17 without him? Uh, three-peats are great. You know, that's, again, one of those things that if you're going to be considered one of the all-time great teams, well, did you three-peat? And this team, as great as they've been, they never did that. So, yeah, I think uh, the three-peat would look really nice and shiny up there in your mantle. I have to say this. The show's going to be JD and and the other. That hurts more than the guy that said, I don't like KD or puppies. You know, that was nothing compared to JD and the other. So that one, i got to be honest, that one, uh, that one touched a nerve, JD. No, it, it it yeah, I I that was I wasn't expecting that to be honest. I I thought you would I thought you would handle that, but I thought it was funny uh, and and definitely yeah. definitely yeah. worth worth pursuing. 707, uh I I want to see the championship lineup at some point. Looney, Draymond, Andre, Clay and Steph. Uh we'll we'll see. 
I, I don't I don't know how much we'll see that. Maybe if maybe if Iguodala comes in for for Wiggins at, at some point uh, early, you might see that for a couple of minutes. But typically, when Iguodala comes in, Looney is going out relatively quickly. Yeah, I mean, if I got let's see, if I got Looney and Iguodala and Draymond on the floor at the same time right now, JD, I, I mean, I'm kind of making the defense's job a little easier than it should be, in my opinion. Eight 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 nine five seven. Five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Another Xfinity Mobile text line uh, take here. You'll see the big three: Pool and Wiggins. And when things aren't going well, you'll see Andre in, or maybe Otto Porter. Uh, I, I think that's. I, I think Peyton could be in, in that conversation as well. We had Kareth Burke on last night uh, on the night show. And we asked her just kind of rapid fire a bunch of, a bunch of questions. Uh, who's who's the fifth? Who's the X factor? Kareth's X factor was Gary Payton the second, and I thought that was a real sharp call uh, by her because in the playoffs, defense always plays well, and intangibles always play well. Toughness, hustle, those things play well. I would not be surprised if we're looking at Gary Payton the second as somebody we don't know about right now but by the end of this postseason believe him to be a 16 game player that can help you win a chip yeah I think maybe Draymond was one of those players in 2013 right it's like who is this guy I mean we knew but that was kind of as we said earlier that was his coming out party 2013 the text that you mentioned a moment ago um, you got your four and then you'd either have Iguodala or or Otto Porter that speaks to the very heart of this issue. That That's true, and it's going to depend, as we just said a moment ago, on where the Warriors are in a series, in a game, and what they need. You've got two of those guys. Yeah, you could see either one of them. What do they need on that night? Do they need somebody to run the offense? Do they need um, a steady hand uh, and a hand that can come up with steals, or do they need more shooting? It's just going to depend game to game. The answer, we, we sit here now, it's going to be this guy, that guy. It's just going to depend what's going on in that, any given game or series, J.D., and, and I wouldn't be surprised at, at some points, not not at the beginning necessarily of, of a series, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if at certain points Porter, if Bielitsa could maybe play his way out of the rotation. I think he's going to be in it at the start, but I think there are stretches where you could almost use Porter as the backup center if you're looking for, you know, yeah. to go away from Bielitsa and you don't, you're going to have Looney start. You're going to have Draymond finish and play minutes in between, maybe finish the half. But but you could have Porter, and we've seen Porter at times even come in for Looney before Bielitsa comes in for somebody else. You know, I hate to go here again, but I was talking yesterday to a former NBA co- a guy who coached, and he was a general manager, and he was saying, I was asking about the wares and the size, you know, and he said, yeah, that, that, that really could be a factor for him here. I'm sure they thought Wiseman was going to be available at some point. And he said, you know, you'd rather have a guy at the end of the bench who's seven foot tall rather than another guard if you can. But he also said he thinks the Warriors are one of the few teams that actually would have a chance um, to beat the Suns. And obviously that's way down the road. And the Suns right now are feeling pretty good about a first round matchup with the Pelicans. But for what it's worth, a former NBA coach and GM told me yesterday that, uh, yeah, the Warriors are, are one of the few teams with a legitimate shot at knocking off the Suns in this year's playoffs. Well, the head-to-head matchups that those two teams had against each other would 
would tell you that, that the Warriors would have a shot. I think the Warriors, and, and, and where are you on this? The Warriors wound up on the Memphis side of the bracket. We'll see what how the Memphis-Minnesota series plays out. That's going to tip off this afternoon. So they'll have game one in the books before the Warriors play game one of their series against the Nuggets. But I think that's going to be, of all the first-round series, I think there's some good ones. We can, we can maybe get into that a little bit between now and 1 o'clock as well, Whitey. But I, I think the Minnesota series against Memphis could be the feistiest, oh, yeah. most contentious, potential for maybe a fracas to break out yes. uh, kind of a series. But what, what do you make of the Warriors winding up on the Memphis side uh, as opposed to the Phoenix side and the notion that the Warriors, at least some, may be more concerned about Memphis than 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 Phoenix if it if push comes to shove. I would rather have it this way. I mean, in a perfect world, I think you would have been playing Utah in the first round. And Utah, by the way, also, they're like, oh, my goodness, we get to play Dallas without Luka? This is awesome. And it looked like our season was unraveling. Be that as it may, I think you're better off in this side of the bracket. It gets back to what you said uh, a few moments ago, the importance of wrapping up this series earlier rather than later. If you go drag through a long series with uh, Denver and you already got your stars apparently compromised and then you got to play uh, the Grizzlies, that that doesn't bode well. So wrap this up, get ready for uh, presumably the Grizzlies. But I agree with you about how chippy this is going to be. It's, I mean, it's going to be incredible. Who do you think gets thrown out of a game first, Dylan Brooks or Patrick Beverly? Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Beverly over Brooks, but I'm gonna say neither at this point. I know one of our other just kind of odd things we were talking about Whitey last night was technical fouls in the warrior series uh and and it was we we set the over under at four and a half for Draymond and Jokic specifically I took the over uh having a little fun with I took the over I had Draymond for two technicals and Jokic with three technicals in the series I think you can frustrate him and the Warriors will you know I, I think Draymond can frustrate him he's up against it in the series doesn't have enough help I think there's some potential for him to to really really be getting after it with the officials yeah, I have a feeling they're going to let them play in this series. Um, I'm not sure which team that will end up favoring, but I think they're going to let him play here, and I think he's going to feel the brunt of that. I agree with you, by the way, about Beverly and Brooks because as as um, as fiery as they both are, you know, there's a lot of words you could use there. I think they both know what they're doing. I think there's a sense of they're they're trying to agitate. Some of it is pure passion, but some of it is – is uh, calculated. So I think they both know what they're doing there. But if they do in this series, the Nuggets and the Warriors, if they let them play, which team do you think that would favor, J.D.? I I think it favors – it probably favors the Nuggets, honestly. Um, And I I thought it was interesting. Did you see the officials for game one tonight? Did not. Uh, Have not seen that. Hat tip tip to to Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami of The Athletic beat me to the punch. One of my favorite things to do in the playoffs is is get up (laughs) early and and check on the NBA media website who the officials are going to be for select playoff games. And and I woke up and I actually saw the tweet from from Tim right as I was stumbling toward the, the, the computer to look at it. Uh, so he had the the referees for tonight: Scott Foster, Ooh. Ed Malloy, and Carl Lane. So Scott Foster Ooh. and Ed Malloy, two Warrior fan favorites. Uh, mm. The the Warrior fan neuroses uh, beginning hours before tip off when when that when that was put out. 
Yeah, well, regardless of who's officiating, and I know we've talked about this, the Warriors, one of the things that they haven't done well, they don't get to the line. You look at their free throws per field goal attempt, and they're towards the bottom of the league. And a lot of that, obviously, is because they take a lot of threes. But depending on what Denver does, you know, if Denver really sells out on the perimeter, the Warriors are going to have to start taking the ball to the basket, and then we'll see how Denver responds to that. But Denver is not a really good defensive team, which is another reason why the Warriors go into this series with so much confidence. Despite all the uncertainty about Steph Curry's injury and a lot of different factors, Denver is, they've done, I think they may have hit their ceiling here without two of their best players to win as many games as they did. Jokic having a great year. They're not a good defensive team. So that's why, I know I keep saying this, J.D., and you said it, the Warriors, they have the opportunity to win this series fairly quickly, but it's really important. If they really are serious about advancing deep into the playoffs, I think it's vitally important that they wrap this thing up in six games or fewer. Not only is it possible, I think it's really important that they take care of their business in that fashion. No, I I, th- I think so as well. And look, I mean, as far as the Scott Foster thing, uh, you know, what it was it was Ed Malloy, right, that that called uh, the the loose ball foul right on Kevon Looney in, in the in the game that the Warriors lost against. Was it was that that was the Phoenix game, right, where the Warriors wound up? Uh, you know, there were a couple of calls oh, yeah. late in that game, and, mm-hmm. and I think that was Ed Malloy. And, and look, I mean, Ed Malloy is one of the one of the, top-rated officials in, in the league, and so is Scott Foster. To me, to me, you bring Scott Foster and Ed Malloy in for game one when you're trying to set a tone that you don't want a series to get out of hand physically early. And, and maybe you're going to call a lot of stuff early. Maybe you're going to hand out some technicals early, but you're going to set the tone to open things up as the series goes on rather than have it potentially get a little bit out of control early, and then you're having to rein it back in. So I know Warrior fans, and, and look, Scott Foster's been a part, and Tim Kawakami, the athletic, pointed this out. Like, he's officiated some big Warrior wins as well over the years, but he does have kind of a rep for, you know, being the guy that's going to hand out techs and being, uh, I know going into that game seven in 2018, which he officiated, I mean, there was a massive Warrior fan freakout uh, going, going into that one. Uh, because the Warriors had had so many issues with with Scott Foster in terms of some of the back and forth and the arguing, but uh, it was it was funny to me. I did I did chuckle uh, a yeah. little bit when I saw the three because I knew that 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 Foster and Malloy, Foster in particular, there had to be some kind of a, a little bit of a, an eye roll or or anxiety or neuroses when Warriors fans are, are made aware of, of who was going to be working the game tonight. Another interesting angle here, J.D., I think we touched on this earlier, but the coaches, um, I, I remember that game right before the All-Star break with you know Jokic to Monte Morris, boom, and the Warriors lose. Um, I, there was some talk after that game of, wow, did Mike Malone outcoach Steve Kerr? And you had to hack a loony. You had Steve Kerr, I think, admitted after the game that he made a few mistakes. And a lot of people look at this series and say, you know, Steve Kerr's going to have to coach in a way that he's never had to coach before in a postseason series because he's always had more talented teams. But that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on that coaching matchup. Michael Malone is an outstanding coach, and Steve Kerr, who in some ways, I mean, I think people are going to be mad at me again. I think some people are looking at Steve Kerr here, and I think in some ways he uh, he has a few things to prove here in terms of being a, a guy who presses the right button strategically in a big playoff series. Yeah, and we saw Michael Malone 
hack a loony, and that yeah. that helped change the game. I know Anthony Slater asked Steve Kerr about that uh, at yesterday's media availability, and just kind of the 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 fact that do, how do you manage that? Do you keep a guy in? Do you not? What dictates how you you know showing confidence in a player versus you know maybe not letting it impact or dictate terms basically? Uh, but I think. Michael Malone's going to throw the kitchen sink. I mean, that's the one thing about him. Like, the Nuggets are shorthanded in this series. They're underdogs. But he he will do everything. There will be different looks defensively. He may use all of his timeouts in the first half if things are starting to go awry. Uh, he'll, he'll, I think he will go to hack a whoever at, at different points just to break up rhythm. Doesn't even necessarily have to be toward the end of a game necessarily. A uh, couple of quickies on the text line here to wrap up hour number two. Uh, 707, and this goes back to our discussion, Whitey, about the officiating and, and if they let them play a little bit more, who does it benefit? Uh, 707 says the Warriors foul a lot, so if they let them play a little bit, they don't get called for as many fouls. That helps the, the Warriors' defense. I think that's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, that's certainly true. That's one of the problems. They turn the ball over too much, which we all know. But the more you look at it, the more you realize, wow, they foul too much uh, as well. And then you know how it is sometimes in playoff series, nothing against the particular individuals calling this, but you see it year after year. The games get called differently sometimes depending on where they're played, right, J.D.? And the Warriors are probably going to get calls in these first two games that they might not get in Denver. So that'll be another adjustment. But that's just uh, that's part uh, of playoff basketball. I, is Steve Kerr going to get teed up at all in this series, J.D.? Well, if he is, it it, it likely will be uh, via Scott Foster, right? I mean, he's yeah, if, if yeah. that's the case, right? The smart money would be on tonight. Well, so you're just at, is this like a prop bet? Like, what are my odds on this on this prop you're giving me uh, as Let's far as see. Steve Kerr? Um, if uh, any technical the, in the series, those can't be great odds. Well, let's see. Yeah, if it's just over under, if it's a half for uh, Steve Kerr technical, which way are you going? Half. Oh, I'm going. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll take the over. Yeah, Steve Kerr will get really? a technical in this series for sure. I think okay. he probably he might get one tonight. I, I, really? I may I may go in and say he's going to get one tonight to get to get the team rolling. <laughs> All right, to set the tone tonight against the Denver yeah. Nuggets. I can't believe we're actually talking about a playoff game, JD. I've never had the chance really to do that with you here as we've discussed the Warriors. As I said earlier. Very exciting. It's, it's been such an incredible season, so much drama and up and down, and I think the playoffs are going to be very similar, very similar. All right, we're halfway through here on a Saturday. That means we got two hours to come as we're doing the four-hour extravaganza today, 888-957-9570. We'll come back. We'll reset everything. Uh, X-Factors, predictions, your biggest concern for the Warriors going into not only this series but the playoffs. And uh, we'll also pose the question, what makes a successful playoff run for the Golden State Warriors? It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.